We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, this is my first appearance on the show since the meet and greet. So I got to I got to say this was crazy. This year's meet and greet, there was a point we tried to capture a couple of the uh, a couple of images or whatever, but it doesn't really do it justice. But Zach, there was literally a point where I wasn't sure if I was at an MHH meet and greet or like in a mosh pit somewhere, you know, like some hard there was a lot of people. You guys came out in force and many of you traveled at great expense uh, to come hang out and, of course, catch the game as well. MHH undefeated still, the Broncos, when MHH is out in full effect. So I just wanted to say real quick, thank you, everybody, for making that trip. And as always, Zach, fun kicking it with you and hanging out, big dog. Of course, man. I think this was the best yet. I mean, we're going to have plenty more in the future, but we talked about it on uh, Sunday's podcast, Scott and I did how um or monday sorry uh how appreciative we are and the turnout was crazy and uh we wish scott could have made it there people were definitely asking for him specifically i know he's shrugging his shoulders Most right definitely. now but, but uh it was so fun to um thank each and every one of you to your face like we wanted to indeed love you guys thank you so much it's truly a privilege to be able to do what we do and it's only because of you so thank you sam bam what's up brother one of these days one of these days i know we're gonna see you at a meet and greet thank you for the very generous super chat he's saying hey guys sorry it's been a while hope all is well looks like everyone had fun at the meet and greet i hope to make it out there one of these years for one of them go broncos yeah dude i really hope that you are able to pull it off um because it is just a unique experience you know it's like coming into contact with your tribe you know what i mean that's what it's like and it feels really nice to be able to meet people who you get to know uh, a little bit anyway on the internet and then you get to know them quite a bit better in person so we look forward to that one of these days zach with sam absolutely sam uh, we'll have one next year for sure we talked about i don't want to step on any toes but we talked about maybe expanding the meet and greet to twice a year or maybe something on the road like we yeah. envisioned a few years ago so hopefully sam one of these times we can shake your hand and uh, thank you face to face and we got the papa bear who we got to kick it with uh, quite i spent a lot of time actually with david um on sunday and it was really really right. cool 
Very much an honor and a privilege to kick it with you, my friend. Good evening. Right back at you. He's saying thanks for the outstanding meet and greet. MHH rocks. Buckham times three. MHH for life. Denver Bronx for life. Love it. You know, I got to admit, I wasn't sure what to expect from it, with this meet and greet as far as turnout, how many people were going to show up for two reasons. One, we normally do it early in the season, like the first two or three weeks in September to kind of guarantee good weather. Now, it just so happens that we had like the best possible weather you could hope for probably uh, at the meet and greet here in end of October. It was killer. But Zach, really what I was kind of concerned with is past meet and greets, we do them early enough in the season that whether the Broncos end up not having a good year, which is what it's been of late, uh, early on the enthusiasm for the team is still really high and that drives people out to come hang out. And being that, you know, going into that game, the Broncos were one and five. I wasn't sure what to expect. And golly, uh, our community totally made me feel foolish for even doubting or wondering for a second. I mean, yeah, I didn't think it'd be reflective of us. I thought maybe the Broncos record would dissuade some people from coming. But I always had this confidence inside of me that it was going to be a terrific turnout. And it absolutely was. And uh, even more so than both of us expected, Chad. So it's a credit to Broncos country. I've said it a billion times. I'll say it again. The best fan base on the face of the earth. Speaking of the best, we've got the Duchess right here. Michaela. Right uh, from the top rope, exactly, right on cue. She's saying, great analogy, Chad, to our tribe. We shall persevere together. Love you all so much. We love you too. And you and I, Michaela, we do have some unfinished business to get you squared away with your jersey. Didn't quite work out to, to make that happen. And the package I had put together, it got screwed up somehow with all the other stuff I brought to give away. Uh, so anyway, we got we to gotta square that away, uh, Michaela, and get you taken care of because, man, we are just so grateful all that you do for our community to keep this content rolling, keep the conversations going in the chat, check on people in the community. That's why it really is, Michaela, a tribe. It is, and Michaela, I told you to see your face as I have a few times before, how appreciative and thankful I am for your contributions. You kind of were like David in the fact that you shrugged it off. You're kind of coy about it, but uh, you, you know and you feel how uh, grateful we are. So thank you once more. So good to see you tonight, and thank you again, Michaela. Uh, Casey Nickel, one of these days, big dog. Good to see you. Thank you for the super chat. He's saying, much love. I will say, these guys are paid millions. Of course, they'll say they aren't on sale. It's all business behind closed doors. So this is a nice segue, Zach, to talk about the main crux of the subject matter this evening, which is I want to start with anyway. Uh, the very latest on the rumor mill trades, what's going to happen? Because here we are, Zach, we're inside the final week before the deadline. So the Broncos are going to kick. They'll play on Sunday, play the Chiefs. We'll see what happens. But uh, once that game ends, you know, it's basically one business day and a half before they have to really start making decisions on whether or not they're accepting this offer for that player or da -da -da -da, picking up the phone, calling others, whatever. So, um, I don't know what to think. Sean Payton yesterday, so this was on Wednesday, Zach, he was asked, hey, does the outcome of the Chiefs game week eight, is that going to play any role in whatever the maneuvers are, the plans for the trade deadline? And he blew it off, kind of kicked the can down the road. Oh, no, no, no. We're we're trying to win with these players. We're, we're basically, I'm paraphrasing him here, but we're, we're trying to win. And so uh, we're not going to do anything, in other words, Zach, that is not conducive to that. So whether we win or not against the Chiefs, it's irrelevant relative to the trade deadline. Now, if you want to believe that, 
I leave that up to you. I have my doubts. But when it comes to Zach juggling the demands of, uh, in fact, we got a clip on this real quick. Hit, hit it, Mr. Producer. Next week, I think, at some point. But no, I mean, I don't think, no. We're focused on winning with this group and these guys here. And, you know, we went through this in the offseason, too. I mean, and it's the news cycle and it's, you know, it's, it's part of the deal. But um, no, not at all. So, yes, they have been through this before. He references that to kind of say, hey, don't doubt me. You guys were linking my receivers and every which guy, basically, in the trade uh, trade rumor mill this past offseason. Nothing happened. But, Zach, he has to walk that line between planning for the long-haul future of the team, which at this point it really seems like the best interest of the Broncos is to kind of tear it down and rebuild it, and also maintaining credibility in the locker room and with his assistants in terms of, hey, we're actually really trying to do everything we can as the guys at the controls to win on Sunday, so you better as well. It's in perhaps slightly unenviable position, but Zach, I got to say, last thing, and I'm serving it back to you, if Sean Payton airs those two demands, right, what's best for the future and maintaining credibility by doing everything you can to win now, he's probably airing, this is my opinion, you might disagree, he's probably airing on the side of the latter, which is, maintaining that credibility with his with his team listen we all know it's way more fun to be there live for denver broncos football and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the denver broncos and the nfl Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game and if your plans change Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Well, he has to balance all of that that you've laid out while also espousing the right things publicly, maintaining that fine line between not showing your hand and, and maintaining the posture of a competitive product, even though deep down he might want to tear it down. Um, he said something twice now that's kind of gotten to me a little bit, grinding my gears, Chad. He said he's like playing dumb, not knowing when the trade de deadline is. I mean, right, right. yesterday he said, oh, I think it's next week. Either he's intentionally being deceitful about that, which I think is probable, or he legit doesn't know when the trade deadline is. And that's horrifying for a 16-year <laughs> coach, a former Super Bowl winner. I'm just getting kind of sick of the, of the tactician in that sense where he's pretending to play dumb. My other point in terms of trading or selling or whatever, it's been a very bipolar season. And I wanted to say this earlier to you in terms of, you know, uh, page views and how the site's reacting and everything after the first couple of weeks. And after the dolphins game, it was tear it down, gut it, rebuild, fire everyone. Then they beat the bears. And then it was okay. Maybe we have a season Then they lost to the jets. And then it was tear it down. Then they beat um, the Packers last Sunday and everyone's kind of like maybe thinking, well, what if they're two and five, they could go on a run. Sean Payton himself has talked about the Detroit lions. And I just think it's a major pivot point on Sunday. If they win and go to three and five, snap that streak and give themselves momentum for the second half of the season before a bye week, by the way, then I can see them holding on to their assets and not being in sell mode. If they lose and they drop another game, they go to two and five or two and six then you're probably looking to sell your assets and get what you can and stockpile draft picks. So it could be quiet on the home front until Monday afternoon. Man, it would be, I got to imagine Zach getting that chief's monkey off their back would feel emotionally for the players and for just everybody in that building akin to winning the Super Bowl. I know it sounds ridiculous, especially for a team that has been to the top of the mountain and knows how to walk that walk, been there before, et cetera. But this cloud that has hung over their head, it would be an elation to say the least. And I only bring that up, Zach, to mention that we don't know what kind of lift that could give this team, especially as you mentioned, going into a buy. All bets could be off because that is a massive confidence booster if you can pull it off. Now, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we all would have a Merry Christmas. Mark McDonald, what's going on, big dog? So good to see you on Facebook. Thank you for the support. It says, evening, fellas. The meet and greet looked lit. Maybe one day I can make it out there. That would be awesome, brother. Anyway, we are or anyway, are we gonna actually trade? And if so, are we waiting for the last minute? Go Broncos and Buck. That's with the B YouTube, them Chiefs. Um, that's what we're trying to get to the bottom of. I think rationally speaking, unless it's a, an offer that Peyton and company can't refuse, I think the plan, it's pretty clear, they're going to play this game against the Chiefs, and that's probably going to dictate the answer right. to your question there, Mark, in terms of really moving pieces, because as we just, uh, as, as we just touched on, this is kind of your last opportunity not only to make the trades, Zach, but make a go of this season. So this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and it's kind of working out in a storybook fashion, but only if, here we get back to the candy and nuts, only if you pull out a win on Sunday. Yeah, but it, none of this is stopping the odds makers and the prop bets from popping up. I had a story yesterday for the website, uh, according to betonline.ag, a Vegas bookmaker, Jerry Judy, 
the number one landing spot for him in a trade, a potential trade, the current betting favorite is none other than the Kansas City Chiefs. This is, again, according to Vegas. Jerry Judy has a very wide wide field, but if they win Sunday or if Jerry Judy has a big game, maybe you decide to keep him around. Maybe you forego um, you know, picking up a fourth for him or a fifth for him. I was watching, Chad, yesterday, Mike Kliss. I'd rather go to the source directly for Broncos uh, rumors and where they stand as best we can. Anyway, I forget the podcast that he was on, but he was breaking down almost player by player from Justin Simmons to Patrick Sertan to Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. And based on what he was intimating, it could be a much quieter trade deadline than a lot of us are thinking. It might not be a fire sale. They might not be in sell mode as he laid out. Let's say Simmons, aside from PS2, Simmons is your most tradable asset. But if you're only going to get a fifth round pick as Kevin Bayard from the Titans uh, got to go to Philly, is it worth it to get that fifth rounder or is it more useful to have Simmons on your roster? And that's kind of what I'm thinking. If they don't get the offers, if they're not blown away, I think Sean Payton would be just fine hanging on to his players. I mean, I never really expected there to be a fire sale just because more gets made of that than really almost ever, doesn't matter what team it is, uh, actually happens. Um, If, let's say, the Broncos lose to the Chiefs on Sunday, the only guy I would really circle as I'd be surprised maybe if he isn't dealt is Jerry Judy. Everything else, uh, everyone else, I should say, uh, you still have to compete on Sundays. And listen, this is something I wrote about today as well. Just because you you don't trade, let's say, a Garrett Bowles or a Justin Simmons, as you brought up, uh, before the deadline on Tuesday doesn't mean you can't still trade them uh, later on after the season in an effort to you know help restock the shelves and add capital for a rebuild. So you know there might be a little bit of a value discrepancy, Zach, when it comes to the urgency factor, right? Like you might be able to get a, a team might be willing to cough up a little bit more right now because they're still trying to compete and they're in not so much desperation mode, but like it's about right now mode. Uh, kind of the Rams, you know, screw them picks, so to speak. Um, then you would maybe say in, you know, March when the new league year opens or whatever. But even then, it's probably a lot more of a negligible line than we might guess. So keep that in mind. Even if they don't trade them now, doesn't mean Peyton couldn't still make a deal and parlay that into adding some draft stock for a rebuild later on uh, before the 2024 NFL draft. Troy, what is going on, big dog? So good to see you tonight. It was great to meet you and uh, your boy in person. Very, very cool. Uh, he says, hey, guys, even if we are sellers, what is too little to trade each of these players being discussed? Have a great show. Well, Zach, I think that example you just gave for Justin Simmons is a good starting point. Fifth round pick, you know, for a uh, top, let's just say to be uh let's call him a top 10 safety for a fifth round pick. It's not just Zach, what he does for you on the field. It's the intangible aspects that he brings to the table as a leader in the locker room, his uh, community outreach and and charity and all that stuff. So you got to assume if you're Sean Payton, if you're George Payton, yeah, guy like Justin Simmons, we're not selling all that as far as the trade-offs. We're not, we're not moving on from Justin Simmons without it being quite an obvious, um, good move for us so for me i would say like three is the floor for justin simmons or else just hold on to him you know to your last point about draft picks why i think he could benefit the broncos uh more by waiting 
if you wait till after the season, the draft picks are finalized. You know what you're getting. If you trade now, the draft picks could land anywhere. So people are talking about PS2 maybe coming up in conversation. I said, even if they have that discussion, which I still don't think they will, barring an insane offer, it wouldn't come until after the year when they know where they would stand in the picks they would be getting. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't see the Broncos giving their players away. I mean, Chad, do you watch Family Guy? Are you a Family Guy fan? Um, not more than just, you know, GIFs and clips and whatnot that you see on social. There's one scene where it perfectly describes like the PS2 negotiations. Peter's going to, he can either choose to have a brand new boat or the mystery box. And the guy says, it can even be anything. It can even be a boat. And that's what you're getting with discussing <laughs> PS2. If you trade PS2 for a first round pick, you'd be looking for another PS2. So you're, it's a lateral move. It's a neutral net outcome. That's why I don't see it uh, being too plausible. And if the best you're going to get for an all pro like Simmons is a fifth round pick, I'm keeping him on the team. Maybe he'll restructure. Maybe he'll work his contract out differently. But he is more valuable to the defense and to the team and the overall locker room than a measly fifth round pick would, who very unlikely would turn into a player like Simmons. Let me just say something real quick, and then and it really does give uh, life or context to one of the phrases, uh, cliches, right, that we hear a lot, which is one in the hand is worth two in the bush. That means, hey, you might be able to go out there and actually get two in the bush. If you're on a hunt, for example, you might be able to go out there and uh, test your luck and come back with a couple of uh, rabbits, we'll say. But if you already have one in the hand, that's worth two in the bush. And uh, that applies to Peter Griffin and it could even be a boat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's a good way to kind of answer Troy's super chat guys while I'm on this subject. Hey gang, make little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos to say the least you work up a bit of an appetite, but you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite, for what it's worth, is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game we are sitting here on the 26th day of october that means we've got you know four or five days whatever however it shakes out to be four days whatever uh until the super chat contest for the month of october is in the books and as you know we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat each and every month. Their names go in a hat, figuratively speaking, and uh, we randomly select a winner. That winner gets a Broncos jersey of their choosing. Here are the rankings going into tonight's show. At the top, we have a new number one, and that is Ethan, a.k.a. the DWI guys across the pond, who has leapfrogged. We'll see. We'll see if this holds the Duchess, Michaela Parker, who, again, this doesn't count tonight. Uh, so who knows? She could already be back in number one. But the Duchess is at two. Naj, the true shot of life that he is. Naj, we got to hang out with him again. That's three years in a row this dude comes out from where he's at uh, on the East Coast. Brings this time, well, every time, Zach, 
Naj brings like a whole clan of friends. Uh, and it's really, really cool. I mean, life of the party is this guy right here, Naj, number three. And then Troy's at number four. F.A. at number five. And that's being, looks like Troy's leapfrogged him of late. Uh, uh, leapfrogged uh, F.A. that is. And then Gary, who unfortunately we weren't able to see on this trip, really hated to hear uh, that, that you weren't feeling too hot on that particular trip, Gary, and had to head home. So we'll look forward to next year on that. Zeus, we got to finally meet the first face etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore. He's at seven. Chris Hernandez, we missed you. We'll hopefully see you next year at eight. The Papa Bear, who we did get to hang out with at nine. Ripped Eye at 10. And then you see just a few of the names, including Mike Edel, Casey, Nickel, EJ, rounding out uh, the few names. Sam Bam's there, Grover. So that's where things stand for the month of October. Appreciate each and every one of you for supporting MHH. All right. Zach, we, uh, we're at about 20 minutes. We're doing good time-wise. Mike, what's going on, big dog? So good to see you. Thank you for the support, my friend. And again, we want to see you at one of these meet and greets one of these days. And if there's anything we can do to help make that happen, Mike, you let us know. I'm already compiling a short li list of, of people who haven't been to the meet and greets yet. And I think, Michael, you are atop that list. So hopefully next year we can make that happen for you. Yeah, uh, Phil McLaughlin would be great to see Phil. Uh, great to see Mark, so many of you, uh, it would be really, really cool. All right, Zach. So that's where, I mean, as far as the news goes, that's where really things stand, but it is a Thursday night, which means it is our opportunity to do a little bit of a head to head. And it, uh, it can be a little bit depressing, um, doing a head to head for the Broncos with any opponent right now, but especially the chiefs. However, the Broncos defense has begun to kind of whittle away at these basement rankings uh, game by game. You know, they've been making a modest bounce back and uh, we'll see just how real that that bounce back is perhaps this uh, Sunday against the Chiefs in Denver. But let's go through since we got a little time. We'll keep tonight probably relatively on the on the on a tighter window. So if you guys have any questions, topics you want us to get to get it in the chat. Uh, but let's do a let's do the. Uh, the head to head. And I'm going to jump over to the screen here and remind everybody green signifies a top 10 ranking, red bottom 10. And if it's black, that means it's in between, right? So here you have the Broncos at two and five chiefs still with just one loss turnover margin. The chiefs are at zero, which puts them uh, in the middle of the NFL the Broncos, unfortunately are minus four. Uh, that puts them in the bottom time of possession. The Broncos still suck. Uh, worst actually they've, they've kind of continued to plummet. Zach, relative to time of possession, which in some cases it's a little bit, you know, there's enough games now that that you you kind of expect to see the the outlier possibility of these stat rankings begin to diminish. But in this case, some of the catch up the Broncos really had to do early in the season, throwing a lot more than they run, uh, does kind of I think weigh this a little bit. But still, this, if anything, Zach, has to be a wake up call to Sean Payton about the importance of staying committed to the run throughout the game. Because, I mean, I'm trying to think back to some of these. My my mind is already trying to erase them from memory, Zach. But outside of the Dolphins game, I mean, the Broncos aren't getting blown out. They're in these games. And even in that Chiefs game on Thursday night, it was Sean Payton who lamented his lack of patience and uh, abandoning the run early. So this is something I think the Broncos need to pay attention to before we get into the offense. 
Yeah, and something that doesn't show up on here is the great equalizer, and that would be Mother Nature. Because uh, for the game Sunday, it's supposed to be a little blustery out there at Empower Field. Maybe some snow, maybe some slick field conditions, which benefits the run game and kind of hurts the passing game. That could definitely help out the Broncos if and only if, though, Chad, they employ the running backs like they did last week. I think Sean Payton against the Packers had a masterful uh, rushing game game plan and and plan of attack and they utilized all three running backs really well can i just say it's crazy that um mims is still at 246 yards he was the leading receiver going into the mm-hmm. jets game yep I think, 242 i think or yeah maybe one additional catch i don't know but this is another like come on dude you got to get your most dynamic player arguably on offense more involved in in things but let, let's take a look at things all right broncos are on the left chiefs are on the right yards per game the broncos offense ranks 21st chiefs meanwhile second shocker uh, yards per play though the broncos are in the top 10 that's a really uh good uh indication of the impact sean payton the play caller and the tactician uh has made already meanwhile the chiefs look at that they're they're separated by not quite four, uh, you know, whatever it is, 0. 0.4 uh, points there. And their third, Broncos are seventh. You look at points, the Chiefs averaging 25 and a half nearly. That ties them for six. The Broncos, look, they're little more than a field goal behind them, but we know how much a field goal separates things in the NFL with the margin for error being so slim. Broncos ranked 19th in points, Chiefs sixth, uh, rushing, you know, both teams. Pretty dang close. Middle of the pack at 111 yards and change. But here's where things start to separate, Zach. You've got the Chiefs, really, uh, second-best passing offense. Uh, Broncos are 22nd. They've only been have the Broncos picked off four times, which is in the bottom – what's good with – uh, sixth fewest, let me put it that way. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have eight interceptions. That ranks them for uh, 29th, right? So the only three teams – three teams have more interceptions than the chiefs. Um, but the Broncos, unfortunately have lost seven fumbles and that's where you get into that. Uh, really kind of cuts into the, the turnover margin. But last thing here, chiefs have only allowed seven sacks. Meanwhile, Russ has been sacked 20 times third down. The chiefs are still the best uh, third down percentage, 48.9%. The Broncos are better than they've been in years past, but still not good enough. Uh, at 16th and then red zone Broncos are 20th Zach and the chiefs surprisingly are middle of the pack in the red zone efficiency converting exactly 50% of their tries into touchdowns. Can we scroll back up a little bit? I see that red on defense and it's making me depressed. Uh, You talk about yards per play, Chad being 5.61. You know, a big reason for that is Jaleel McLaughlin, who's averaging seven, I think over seven yards per touch as a receiver and a, and a runner. So that's what I'm talking about. you got to commit to the ground game and get the ball to your weapons, let them do work. I mean, for look at that. For an undrafted rookie, he's only 40 yards shy of Javante, who was coming into the season as the bell cow. So they have to stay committed to the ground game. And if you scroll down a little bit, hopefully not on the, you know not too much to hide the defense. Right there, that third down percentage, oh. the key – 
the key to the Broncos are the key to the Broncos will be getting this chiefs team off of the field on third down. And I'm kind of scared too, but when we scroll to the Broncos defense, I don't think their third down percentage is that great. So it comes down to getting them off the field and then keeping them out of the end zone when they're in the red zone, the Broncos are 20th in that department. So once again, Chad comes down to coaching and the game plan that VJ is going to have. Well said, but look at this. I mean, you're still, by virtue of that uh, Dolphins game and the two or three of those games, actually, uh, it's still going to take a minute to get out of the full NFL doldrums when it comes to net yards, still last per game. Yards per play, still last. Points per game, though, look, they moved up. They're no longer last. They're second to last. But that progress, they're moving forward. Uh, Rushing, they're still the worst. Uh, Passing the Broncos, there's only two teams worst passing defense in the Broncos. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have a very good defense. Everything Everybody knows the Chiefs for the offense and Mahomes and the explosiveness, but you don't win championships, ask Peyton Manning, without a very good defense. Um, and, you know, this is obviously emblematic of that. This is the seventh yards per, per game defense. Points per game, they're second. The Chiefs are only allowing 15 points per game. Uh, rushing, they're a little bit more middle of the pack, so it's kind of fungible there. Uh, but passing, man, they just know how to put the clamp down. And that's actually an impressive statistic, Zach, when you realize how many opponents have to pass to catch up and keep pace with Mahomes and company, and yet this defense still keeps them on lockdown, the Chiefs. That's a formidable number. It's a formidable defense, and it's something the Broncos can really only get around by limiting Mahomes, as you talked about, getting them off the field on third down, and actually staying on the field offensively by converting their own third downs, running the ball, and then, once again, getting touchdowns, not field goals. But then we move down here, Zach, to takeaways and interceptions and sacks. Broncos, middle of the pack on interceptions, low on fumble recoveries, uh, total takeaways. The Broncos ranked 22nd with seven. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are ranked ninth with 11. They also have 22 sacks on the season, which puts them in the top 10, seventh while the Broncos only have 14, which puts them barely outside the bottom the bottom 10. And then on third down, you know, the Chiefs defensively, they're just outside the top 10. You know, a solid game against the Broncos, for example, probably lofts them into the top 10, but they're 12th as it stands. The Broncos are 17, so they have been making pro- uh, progress here. They have been making progress in the red zone. They're 19th in red zone percentage defensively, whereas the Chiefs are... 15th uh, in the red zone defensively and Zach 12th on third down. Yeah. I mean, the Kansas city defense has been remarkable this year and uh, it's not just Chris Jones. I mean, McDuffie and Karloftis and pretty much every player on that defense, Nick Bolton are are really pulling their weight and uh, it's becoming the strength of that team, but you see all the green there for Kansas city, Chad on Kansas city side. Yep. The one area where they're not green, where they're not Mm -hmm. elite technically rushing yards per game. And what do we just talk about? The plan of attack for the Broncos offense is run the damn ball. Stay committed to the running game. Use your running backs like you did against the Packers and have the same creative rushing concepts that can move the chains, move the clock, accumulate first downs, and most importantly, keep Mahomes off of the damn field. Well said. I just want to look at this real quick. So the Broncos, uh, Alex Singleton already has 64 tackles. You know, this is a combined figure, so uh, includes assists, 64 tackles. Josie Jewell, who did miss two games, has 43. Both guys are, once again, on pace. If they can stay healthy, 
to crack 100. I mean, Singleton by a mile. Meanwhile, look, the Chiefs, you know, they're not as uh, prolific in that department. Um, but to me, it showcases, Zach, they are much less dependent on their linebackers cleaning everything up. Their defensive line is significantly more stout than the Broncos. But I wanted to get to sacks here. Chris Jones has five and a half. Nick Benito, five and a half. Jonathan Cooper, four. The second, uh, let's see, four and a half. Karloftis, three and a half. Allen, two and a half. Zach Allen. So I just wanted to take a quick peek at that um, while we uh, segue out of the defensive head-to-head. And then last thing here, check it out, Zach. We're now almost halfway through the season, and Marvin Mims still, Broncos are first in punt return average. He's averaging 18 and a half yards per punt return. Uh, kickoff return, he's also first, averaging 35 and a half uh, and 0.2 phenomenal this is killer man like again the ding dong epiphanies here of figuring out how to get mims more involved in the game plan has to be just ringing loudly at broncos hq uh any other uh observations special teams real quick penalties the broncos you know they're they're still cleaning it up they're no longer and they haven't been for a couple weeks now worst in the nfl they're tied for 29th with 48 uh and meanwhile still somehow zach Opponents are getting called. How do you explain that? Most opponent penalties committed uh, are Bronco opponents. Do you think that's because, and I've got a theory for you, these refs, you know, they're they're watching all the cl- more closely, right, to try and bust Kareem Jackson's when he's mm-hmm. catch him slipping, try and catch Garrett Bull slipping, so on and so forth, that it just happens to also kind of spray the other team a little bit. It does. Yeah. It's a friendly fire to an extent. I think the officiating this year has been God awful. I think it's been completely inconsistent and we've seen it affect Broncos games directly. I, I really don't know what's going on, but I did want to give a shout out to the special teams, uh, Mike Westoff and Ben Kotwicka. It was for years, years and years, the bane of the Broncos existence. And look at all that green now. First, seventh, first, seventh, ninth. I mean, except for a few hiccups, that side I mean, of Riley ball, Dixon, dude. It's Riley Dixon. If if they had a better punter, they would be literally top 10 across the board. I mean, look at this, dude. Here's a good example real quick, not to cut you off. You're good. The Chiefs uh, punter, Townsend, all right? His punts, he's, his gross is 48.3. He doesn't kick at altitude half the time. His net's 44.2. Meanwhile, Dixon, 44.2, 40.8. That is a, exactly why over here you've got gross punting. Broncos are ranked 28th. And then net punting, 19th. So it looks like the uh, decision, Zach, I guess what I'm getting at, to try and kind of rekindle the whole Riley Dixon thing, who the Broncos did draft a few years back. I wouldn't necessarily say it's backfired, but it certainly hasn't panned out. Nah, I mean, he is definitely a weakness, but I guess my barometer is he's not Marquette King. He's not Colby Wadman. So it's a step up on them. I just uh, want to give the that side of the ball credit, and um, they've been a strength consistently. And how about Will Lutz? Except for that week one debacle, he has been nails for the Broncos. He deserves his flowers as well, Chad. Well said. So there's your head-to-head, gang. We want to hear what your thoughts and observations are with what time we have left tonight. Uh, Wero, what's going on, brother? He says, I'm going to the game Sunday. Wish me luck, LOL. Wish you luck. Wish the Broncos luck and dress warm because word on the street, it's not going to be the ideal weather we had last weekend. So word to the wise. Claude, what's going on, big dog? The water champ in the house. Good to see you. Thank you for the support. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. I'm going back in here, Zach, with uh, I just want to check a couple of the comments here. Maybe people we don't 
often or aren't as able to get to as consistently. See, uh, let's, let's circle back here to the trade topic and grab Todd Ostendorf here, who's saying, I would take a third-round pick for Judy and not think badly about it. That's pretty good value for him because he's a locker room problem. It seems like being on the outside looking in. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's another one of those guys that, when Zach, you're talking about a third-round pick, probably more valuable to you, even his kind of uh, increasingly erratic behavior, uh, including that. It's probably more valuable to you on the roster than he is, say, a third-round pick. Scott's saying the other part of the Judy trade is getting someone to take his $13 million guaranteed salary because the Broncos did pick up his fifth year. The rest of the guys we talked about all have contract flexibility. Yes, everyone we've talked about tonight there is another report zach uh who said it um i think it was lock and fora lock and fora got a anonymous nfl gm on the record well not on the record but quoted an anonymous nfl gm to say that uh from what he understands this nfl gm says sean payton does want to trade russell wilson but there aren't any takers in other words sean payton would trade russell wilson zach if there were a taker there's not a taker though, not just because he's not playing. So, you know, we'll say he's not playing on a level commensurate with the money he's making, but that contract really is an albatross. No team wants to uh, absorb or take on, so to speak. He's a guy that we'll see how this second half of the season pans out, Zach. But if he wants to have a career in Denver beyond this year and really to even be viewed as a starting caliber guy, he's going to have to come to the table and restructure or else Broncos will move on from him, I'm guessing, after this year if it kind of continues on this trajectory. And um, he'll be relegated to the guy that outside teams either take a chance on or, no, we see you as our you know veteran fail-safe just in case. I, I mean, you or I could have told Lock and Four of that, Chad. Not exactly groundbreaking news uh, that maybe they would like to move on, but they can't find a taker for Russ's $245 million contract with huge salary cap hits. Um, to pivot though, to Judy, uh, specifically, we were asked about him. I think a third is the best you're going to get because his production has not matched his attitude and nor his draft status for that matter. But that's why what made it so interesting when that, uh, that betting line came up that indicated that Kansas city was the favorite to acquire Judy and why I'm for that, even though I don't think it'll happen, you know, trades in the division are so rare. I don't think the Broncos want, would want to help out Kansas city, but they would have an advantage in negotiations with Kansas city in that if you want him, you're going to have to pay a more premium price. And that would be the only way. And the only team that would surrender more than a third round pick. If they call the Broncos and say, listen, we'll give you a first for Judy, which is not going to happen, but I would take that and not think twice. Otherwise a third is the best you're going to hope for. Well said, man, Albert, the mile high Dutchie. For the first time since we've been doing the meet and greets, events kind of conspired. He wasn't able to make this trip. We had you in our hearts and our the whole time, Albert, you and your great wife, Michelle. So hope things are uh, working out on your end, and we look forward to seeing you next year, no doubt, uh, I'm sure. All right, Zach, we're, we're doing pretty okay time-wise, but as far as the key topics, we've pretty much reached the end. Orange Bucky, good to see you, by the way. Um, I just want to do a quick pass through here before we officially wind her down and see if anything jumps out to me. Um, Isaiah, keep watching, big dog. Great to have you with us. 
says, I've been watching for a while. A huge Broncos fan. Hope we make the right decisions. Hashtag beat the Chiefs. Hashtag mile high huddle MHH for life. Really cool, Isaiah. And uh, don't be a stranger, meaning keep talking. Keep keep uh, you know sharing your thoughts and insights in the chat and uh, ask questions. We'll do our best to, to get to you. Um, okay, I think, let's see. Eric Smith, maybe we'll grab this. I think I saw something about bowls being limited in practice today, Zach. Any news on that? You want to break that down? I'm pretty sure he was a new addition to the uh, report today, but he had a hip. And why that stands out to me, Chad, is how many Broncos players this year have had hip issues? A lot. It seems like every other player has a hip, and uh, it's been pretty debilitating to this point. Hopefully, Bowles is uh, he he can get a limited or full session in tomorrow and start Sunday because he's been pretty decent. The Broncos offensive line, Chad, as a whole, not many people realize this considering the offense's inconsistency and the and the record of the team. Take away McGlinchey, and they're a top 16 unit. And a lot of credit to Zach Street for overhauling that line, especially with Lloyd Cushenberry, who's been markedly improved as a center this year. Well said. And, you know, Ben Powers was looking a little sketchy in the preseason. We're like, uh-oh, is this going to be another Graham Glasgow? Not to take away from Graham because he's a great guy, uh, great leader and a solid guy, but just wasn't ever on the level of the contract he earned than the Broncos, and Ben Powers has been really solid so far. If you could just get things figured out with Mike McGlinchey, man, you would have a fully, fully, fully upgraded uh, offensive line. Mike, thank you, big dog. We love you guys. Appreciate you so much. Uh, we got a couple messages for you, though, and then we're going to dip on out of here. It was another tremendous installment of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on X at the MHH pod. You can also follow the main account on X at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merchandise like we're always rocking each and every day, including at the meet and greet, as you guys saw and hopefully copped uh, yours as well, check out MHHmerch.com and get your swag on. If you haven't, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Also, if you're on Instagram, you can find us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Well said. A shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. Sam Bam, the Papa Bear, Casey Nickel, the Duchess, Mark McDonald, Troy, Mike the Ronk, a.k.a. Ronk, Huero, and Claude. So good to see you guys, and thank you so much for the support. We love you. We appreciate you. And Zach and I, were back in the saddle, of course, Sunday for the gut reaction. Don't forget, tomorrow on the bright, you've got Legends of Mile High with Thomas Hall. You got some Dove Valley Deep Divers Friday evening, Orange and Blue View Saturday night. So lots of content. Uh, we'll see how that injury report shapes up uh, tomorrow. Friday is usually the, you know, the telling, uh, the, the the telltale, so to speak, when it comes to that. If Bulls is still limited, maybe be a little bit concerned, uh, but I think he'll probably be okay. We shall see, Zach. But dude, great conversation. Love it. Look forward to talking on Sunday. As always, have a great weekend, guys and gals. We'll see you Sunday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.